0: You want to know how he's choosing them, don't you? I thought you might have some ideas. Why should I tell you? You get to see the file in this case, and there's another reason.
1: Pray tell.
2: I thought you might be curious to see if you're smarter than the person I'm looking for. Then, by implication, you think you're smarter than me, since you caught me. No.
3: I know that I'm not smarter than
2: you. Then how did you catch
1: me? You had disadvantages. What disadvantages? You're insane.
2: All right, hello everyone. This is the Granite Mountain Movie Club. Um, joined today by uh, by Cool Fraser. Cool Fraser, how are you doing?
3: I'm doing good, and I'm cool, and I'm listening.
2: <laughs> good to hear. And we've also got a first-time guest. We've got we've got Glenn Rockney from the Rare Candy Podcast, which is a show I've been following. I think from roughly about the time he started it, or at least you know, at least like eighteen months, two years, probably. Wow. I've I've been uh, just been watching you guys grow. Been really impressive, and uh, you guys have had some some big names on your show and stuff. So welcome aboard.
0: Oh, ha- happy to be here. I I love it. I I mean, it's nice to not be pressing record. I love when when people invite me on, and I kind of just get to like you know, kind of like eating out at a restaurant. You know, when you're just kind of like you don't have to do anything. I don't got to worry about the dishes later. It's 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 really nice. Happy to be here. Um, love talking movies, and that's insane that you listened to us for two years because. I didn't think yeah, you guys kind, of, it kind of
2: got started like kind of beginning of the pandemic. Maybe you were doing something before then, but I don't think I heard it before then. But
0: mm, yeah, we started the. Uh, I, I believe it was a a week after our first episode was the, like the, the big shutdown, the big all the big stuff happening.
2: Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Probably. Probably pretty early then. I found you guys, but for those who don't know, and everyone, I'll, and I'll put the link in the in the in the description. But everyone should go. I should go follow the Rare Candy podcast. Um, you're on a bunch of places, mm-hmm. um, and uh, what what would you say is kind of the. A- you guys have a, three or four like main things I, I associate you with, but what would you say is the main main things you do?
0: Oh yeah, it's tough. It's tough to pick one. That's t- always the toughest question. It's like, what's your podcast about? Especially with us, because it varies week by week. You know, uh, the we just had Whitney Webb on, which was really cool, and then like uh, the fans that came over from her, they're gonna have to hear us talk about Ivan Reitman's evolution. You know what I mean? Like the next step. Yeah. So that's what you, you know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna just cater to you. Like we we do what we want to do. And uh, but yeah, it's I yeah uh, I guess to sum it up, it's a a men's health, culture, and lifestyle podcast. That's the way I would yeah. look at it. I, I and you know what, do with that what you will. Um, well, and
2: here's the here's the thing too. And this is kind of why I reached out to you. Um, you guys cover a lot of topics, um, and I don't, I doubt you know that politically you and I are actually probably that similar. But you're not. Here's, here's the important thing for for this show that I'm doing right now. The, our, our only rule really is no libtards, and you are not a libtard. No, that's-
0: no, I can't. I got yeah. cast out from there the long time. I, I mean, it's just, I, you know, it's funny because like I kind of like am, like, but it's just like the 90s libtards. I like, I feel like I am a little like Aaron Brockovich a little bit. Like I do have a little bit of that in me, you know? Yeah,
3: like, I get an Aaron Brockovich vibe
0: for sure. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I look just like her too, man. You should see. But no, the uh, I, I definitely have like a like that stuff mixed with like Art Bell libertarianism, like that would be probably. I, I would say if you wanted to kind of put that in like a generator and spit yeah. something out, I think that would happen.
2: And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned art bell too. Cause there's like, um, there's like broadcast DNA in what you do. Like you've got, you know, there's a lot of podcasters out there. Um, and I'm, I'm probably one of them that has more of that like podcaster, like sleepy guy vibe, but you've got like I mean, a broadcaster vibe. I went to
0: college and did college radio. I, I mean, it's uh, I, I don't know. I I've, I've always wanted to get into media, but I never wanted to do anything other than say what was on my mind or at least talk about with people that I like about things that me and my friends like, you know, and or, or getting into and challenging myself and stuff. So I didn't I never wanted to do the news, you know, yeah. or, or just anything. And I just I mean, thank you. That's that's great. I, I think it's I think that's one of the better compliments because I love broadcasters like I love you know, Art Bell. I love Vince Scully. I mean, just, just random sports casters that I love. Just, just people like that. Just maybe just clockwork, oranging those into my brain um, yeah. as a child. Maybe that's, that's where we got.
2: <laughs> yeah. I I grew up working like for my dad, most like summers and he, his car only had AM radio. So we, <sighs> you know, we were, I was all about uh, it. was mostly it was like, most of it was like conservative talk radio, but you know, Paul Harvey and Limbaugh and stuff like mm. that. Those guys were those guys were good.
0: Rush Limbaugh is incredible. I mean, like seriously, like again, probably don't have the same politics as Rush Limbaugh. However, talent is talent, and the guy was a beast. I mean, you're talking about like just what was it? Three hours every day? Yeah. Oh my god. Just every day, have to go in there, and and you know, there's usually something to get worked up, but it wasn't like this news cycle where there's actually a current thing. Like he had to like really know about things you know yeah Not he was a, like yeah.
2: setting he was like setting the current thing for, for
0: yeah, true <laughs> he, he kind of was man he was just, just like he was making just them a, up so like just so such a performance artist man like just just so good yeah uh, man
2: well um you know if uh if people are still here and i put the show on youtube partly because i like the um just you know once you put it on youtube it's like out there in the yeah. in the mm-hmm. normie world and so I get random people who find it and I like that. It's something I really like about it. So, you know, if you're still here, if you found the show on YouTube, the, what we're doing here today is we're talking about the movie manhunter from 1986. I think it's Michael Mann's third film. Um, and, uh, yeah, so let's just go, let's get into it. Um, so uh, real quick, I wanted to hear your guys like history with the, the movie cool. Frazier uh,
3: yeah, let me also do the uh, the synopsis for those who haven't seen the movie. Please, please. Mm-hmm. For those who haven't seen the movie, it's uh, it is essentially the prequel to Silence of the Lambs, and it's based off of the novel Red Dragon, which was later adapted with Edward Norton and Ray Fiennes. And uh, so this is a, a lot of people like didn't even know about it because it kind of flopped. Uh, in the box office and I didn't know about it, but, um, but yeah, so I heard about it last summer when Granite made me watch it. He was, he like gave me some homework and he's like, you have to watch this movie. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, an old eighties movie, it's going to suck. Like it'd be lame, but it's actually a pretty good eighties movie and kind of, uh, goes beyond, uh, what you would think. Now I'm I'm like a movie guy, but I'm not like a film guy. Mm-hmm. So I had never heard of Manhunter, but then um, now that I've seen it, I'm like, okay, well this this makes a lot of sense now. So now you kind of know where Silence of the Lambs comes from, which arguably not as good. I but we can maybe talk about that. Later, I, I yeah,
2: that's one of my questions mm-hmm. <laughs> on there. This mm-hmm. this first uh, Silence of the Lambs. But yeah uh, that
3: that's it for now i guess but
2: yeah uh, glenn before you go actually i should say something the uh i had seen this at some point you know 10 or 15 years ago just on tv i think it had a lot of life on like premium cable or something like that but i was reminded of it i think big from a tweet that you had like a year or a year and a half ago so that's that's like how i kind of got so glenn it.
3: made you watch it and then yeah. you made me watch
2: it. yeah i think you had tweeted something like mm-hmm. you know just like oh watch- watching this tonight or something i'm like all right i better check that out
0: yeah that sounds like that was from like brendan and wolfman or some of those when some of those guys i because I, I i i let people just curate for me you know what i mean like i my our podcast you know rare candy curate uh curates some things to people you know what i mean but like mm-hmm. i get my stuff from adam lair jack mason and and uh like Brendan and Wolfman and all those guys, like those guys, those guys are great. And, and they're in this is their wheelhouse. Those guys, you know what I mean? Like just mm-hmm. that, that cop kind of, kind of noirish, not really, you know, kind of thriller, Michael Mann. I mean, you know, institution of course. And uh, I hadn't seen it. And um, I was not like the most well-versed on Michael Mann at all either. Now that I think I really, the only movie I think I had seen at the time, was, before I, before Manhunter, at least knowingly, I'd have to look all through his filmography, was like Collateral or something, mm. which is great, but yeah. Yeah, that's
3: kind of where I was at. I, I was not, like, consciously aware of Michael Mann. I had seen Collateral and liked it, but then um, Granite made me watch this, and since, uh, I watched every single film, and so did Granite, of Michael Mann, and we did the, the Manaverse, the Manosphere podcast. Sweet.
2: Yeah, like two months ago, we, we had a group of us and we ranked them all. We did an episode on that. So if anyone here is like a newcomer, that's a, something you can just look in my, my history for that one. Sweet. Um, and I think, where did we land with Manhunter? That was like, we had a, like number three or something of the it Michael was, Mann. It was
0: top five for everyone. I don't know where it ended what up. What were project. what was one and two, maybe? I mean.
2: Uh, one was Heat. Mm-hmm. Except um, for me,
3: I put Thief as number one. Oh, th- I, yeah. I, you're a
0: smart man. I agree with you. All right.
2: Yeah, basically I think if I averaged out the based on my own proprietary scoring system, I think it averaged out to uh heat, thief, then manhunter or collateral. One of those okay. two. Anyway, they were
0: And thank you for not performatively trying to retcon Miami Vice is amazing, by the way. I, I I I'm sorry. It's a hot take. It's I don't think that movie's that tight.
2: Oh, the the actual movie from yeah yeah yeah. yeah sorry, yeah. not
0: the show because I know you did both, but the show's well. Great. So
2: I
3: I skipped it when it came out, but I watched it as part of the Manosphere marathon, and I I like loved it. Did it's, you? Now it's not as good as the others, but I
0: I I was like, this is actually. An interesting movie. I think the final shootout is awesome. It's like straight up military. It's like insane. Uh-huh. Like you're like oh, those <laughs> gun noises. You're like, oh my God. Like it's like, that's like breathtaking. The rest of the movie, I was just like, I don't know. They're trying to like, well, it's like a weird into, tone
3: yeah. poem yeah. movie and if it's called almost, Miami vice yeah, it, and you
0: I, wouldn't expect it. I need to get more into like aesthetics. Cause when people just talk about like, Oh, well the, the, it is a great movie if you're into aesthetics. I was like, well, I'm not. So, I mean, I, I <laughs> kind of, I am like, I mean, if you look at our clip art for our episodes, it's like purposely bad. Like it's like, I don't care about that. The, the looks of a lot of things, but I I mean, again, I watched it. It was OK, but I just there's so many people that are like, actually, it's like maybe the best movie of like the 2000s. I'll be like, no, stop. Yeah, just, <laughs> I, just.
2: I had it. So Michael Mann, I think, has like 11 features. I think it was like I think it was like my seven or eight or something like that. Um, That's, it's like I mean, better that than
0: fair, fair. Yeah,
2: it's better than a few things he's done. But I didn't I I didn't I couldn't get into it. Yeah. But I've only actually seen it once. So um. But for anyone not aware, man also sort of was one of the creators of the Miami Vice television show, which, which is actually awesome.
0: is awesome. Yeah,
2: I love which that. actually has a lot of overlap with Manhunter because they were right. making them at the same time.
0: Totally. Yeah, you could see it. I mean, it's straight up it, the, the, And the reason, you know, and, and uh, Cool Fraser had alluded to earlier that this movie was not great in the box office, not that all that well received. It actually makes sense when you think about it, because in the 80s, you're like, oh, the Miami Vice guy has a movie, right? Like, let's go check it out. And it's like, oh, it's a it's a serial killer, like, but the but Miami Vice with a serial killer, you know, what I mean, kind of surreal. Yeah, yeah, I I get why people, you know, because you you look at it's Silence of the Lambs, which was obviously a huge success. And, you know, more people know about that movie than know about Manhunter for for, uh, you know, I'd say it's probably about a four to one ratio. And uh, but you look at a movie like that, which it has just like it just lets you know right away. This is a serial killer movie. You know, I mean, this is a serial killer movie. It is everything you think you're going to see in a serial killer with a few shock scenes like it's absolutely going to be that. But this movie, I don't I can understand why nobody knew what to make of it.
2: Right. Yeah. This this movie is it feels almost intentionally hard to pin down exactly what kind of movie it is
0: mm-hmm
3: well totally. well so i actually watched silence of the lambs today um mm-hmm. and i had only seen like parts of it because it came out when i was three years old and i wasn't allowed to watch those kind of movies <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um but anyway that's like much more just like a straightforward movie whereas like this this is like something else you know it there's there's more stuff going on than just like hey here's a movie here's the story and here's mm-hmm. what happens
1: kind
2: of yeah, like
3: got some weird stuff happening in it
2: this to me it feels like um and it, it is interesting i was thinking about it I, I try and think of like when these things came out like what was what were the conditions on the ground like in 1986 like you know it's friday night and you're gonna go to a movie um and i'm trying to imagine like myself in the shoes of like some guy you know mm-hmm. maybe it takes his wife or girlfriend to see a movie and they go see this like I'm i'm wondering what that experience was like at that time they're like uh you go and sit down and it's like what what is this? This is like an art film like like this yeah. is like billed as like an action thriller or uh and like you know cop cop drama it kind of is but but it's also
3: uh, top it's, movies for for eighty six was top Gun crocodile dundee right the karate kid back to school and Aliens.
2: <laughs> yeah
0: wow aliens damn crazy yeah i mean, i for some reason I thought that was earlier but yeah, yeah so
2: this this um this flopped for sure when it came out. I think it had a 15 million dollar budget uh and it made like 8 which I saw somewhere like adjusted for inflation on like the Michael Mann uh, ROI is about the same as Black Hat for reference. Like you mm-hmm. know Black Hat just came and went, made, made very little impact. Um and then but since then it did pretty well like in rentals and in cable and it has like you know and it built up a pretty loyal following
3: um and i think most critics now recognize it as like at least an artistic achievement
0: yeah and i can imagine true detective bumping this movie up retroactively like the the whole true detective and the show mind hunter which there's a lot of similarities uh in, in uh the netflix show the david fincher yeah. one which which i, I really enjoyed um that doesn't seem like that's coming back at all but the uh I, I really enjoyed that that show and it's shows like that are really popular especially with the true crime you put a little true crime stuff in there like a lot of people got really into that stuff and then i could see this movie getting a little boost from that in the 2010s you know late 2010s
2: yeah so this was this was from everything i can tell i mean i'm sure there's some other examples but one of the earliest attempts at like a mainstream movie that did this like uh profiling stuff like the criminal profiler Mm -hmm. yeah well because it was
3: emergent even back
0: then right
2: yeah like so so mindhunter which i agree i like i like the Mine Hunter show and I guess Fincher got distracted or something. Couldn't get
0: the budget, I heard. He said it's like an insanely over budget movie and I I guess they stopped during COVID and then like once Netflix decided what was selling during COVID, which I, I don't know, to me I feel like Mine Hunter still would have sold, but um you know, what was kind of really getting the algorithm or I don't know. I I don't know how Netflix works, but um w- where whatever was pleasing the executives there, I guess didn't seem like worth the budget to, you know, the, the, the return on investment I don't think was going to be there apparently for what Fincher wanted to do.
2: Mm. So, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I recommend Mindhunter if you're into, um, if you're into the, if you're into the kill, serial killer stuff, because they, they kind of touch on like all the, all the notable serial killers of the seventies and stuff, but, but the be- behavioral science unit at the FBI that, that Mindhunter is based on was only founded in the mid seventies. And, and Manhunter here is like mid 80s so it's it's kind of the first time that the fbi was portrayed in this as doing this sort of work Mm -hmm. um which yeah obviously has like been hugely influential as now every you know true crime stuff and and profiling is everywhere
3: right and and also william peterson the csi guy yeah went on to do csi which was like a huge hit through the 2000s of like doing the forensics and stuff like that, which got, which was kind of for, for the first time featured in, in this film very seriously where they, they reconstruct the teeth. They do like the mm-hmm. infrared marker stuff.
2: Yeah. yeah. And they could be making this up, but I think CSI was like the top show for like 10 years.
0: Oh yeah. Probably. It's a, it's a killer. I mean, it, you could just, it's got a demographic and people shift into that they age into that demographic. It seems that it, like, even if you're not in there now, like you, that we're all going to watch CSI. Like when we're, what, no, it's it's gonna happen. Like when we're sixty five years old, we're gonna watch CSI. I mean, I watched it as a kid. Like actually, with I'm gonna like, watch Columbo. It's fun. Columbo's fun. <laughs> I enjoy Columbo a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have
3: a I have a take on, along the lines of the true crime stuff, mm-hmm. um, and also just serial killer stuff in general. Like yeah. one of the interesting things about this film is is how it portrays the violence, where. Kind of in, like, Silence of the Lambs and then, like, all other, like, serial killer movies, a big part of the movie is kind of the horror element of, like, showing the murders, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're going to see the murder and you're going to see the murderer stab someone or whatever or eat his face, right? And and then this movie um, starts with, like the murderer walking up the stairs and then cuts away and then picks it back up after the crime has taken place where the guy is there. So it, it like selects out the, the actual murder and never actually shows it. Mm-hmm. Totally.
0: And, yeah. And I,
3: that first, which I think was... is like an interesting choice, like to like, it's not gratuitous. Whereas like the, the, the other films in this, uh, you know, Lecter verse kind of seem a little more, um, gratuitous yeah there's no jump
0: there's no kind of like the whatever the crime version of a jump scare is in like a horror movie there's no there's really none of that in this movie which i think is cool it's kind of like in alien movies where it's like i don't show me the alien unless you got something really sick to show me you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like and that's how i am with a lot of like gratuitous violence where it's like okay i that it's gotta it's gotta be like s craig zoller worthy like for me or you know like that that crazy tarantino stuff like or else I don't really want to see like just bad violence like poorly done violence and and in this movie the tone and the pace of it like it kind of helps to just move on to the next thing just move on to the next thing cuz it has that weird like meandering like surreal quality to it the whole time.
2: Yeah. In in prep for this I would I'll often um just search around for other podcasts that have already covered the movie I'm going to be talking about and I'll and I'll listen through them. I found one and it was this This lady was she was really complaining about Manhunter because of exactly what Frazier just mentioned. Like, right. Like, you don't even see you don't even see yeah. him, like, stab the kids. It's not even scary. <laughs> I'm like, like, why do you need to see him stab well, the kids? Lady? So that
3: that was my point is like these true crime people, that's what attracts them to it. Right, so, totally. like, I can also understand why this movie didn't, like, take off, because I think that's where you know, the Hannibal Lecter stuff later on took off further because like it shows him eating a guy's face. Whereas like mm-hmm. this was very restrained and reserved in its portrayal of violence. Well, this, and yeah,
2: this lady that I was listening to was like totally telling on herself. about yeah. <laughs> About how horny this stuff made her. Like, oh, she's just like, I, you know, I just, I need the violence. I need all that. And she's like, you know, at least, at least like the, the Hannibal TV show had Mads Mikkelsen and he was hot. So like, at least that made up for it. But like, you know, it's like, lady, uh, I think there's something going on here.
0: (laughs) Right. Oh yeah. I mean, everybody, everybody knows the, uh, the, the true crime fetish that, that took place, uh, Really, I, I don't remember what it was. I just remember like when Making a Murderer came out. Like, I don't, not that they were horny for that guy because that would have been crazy. But like, uh, <laughs> but the just the fact is like everything else that would come out after that like would just really, you know, I don't know. It, 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 it's all there. It's like the guys will just be like, yeah, that movie was good, and the woman would be like, ah. You know, I kind of wanted to see the jaw get ripped back. You know, I kind of wanted to, you know, I kind of wanted to see the Pez dispenser head thing like uh, happening to somebody like I, I really wanted to see it like, oh, yeah. okay, gotcha. The women,
3: the women watching the violence and
0: serial killer shows is
3: like Dollar Hide watching the blind lady rub the tiger. of mm-hmm. <laughs> <I> just like,
0: <laughs> yeah, in ecstasy. So
2: Every serial killer who goes to prison gets fan mail from mostly women, I think.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Without question um and gay guys too <laughs> they're into that too yeah this, this is not yeah this is not a uh it definitely goes across both genders in you in, in one way you know yeah um well along those lines should we talk about
3: um tom noonan as francis Dollarhide and and the attraction he he provided
0: to women yeah Yeah.
2: did he uh, i wonder if he got anyone excited
0: yeah, he's hot. He, I had to stop a few times just to collect <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Man, look at him. Look, that that skinny Peter Boyle version. Like, it's like, what he looks like. <laughs> like, like a skinny Peter Boyle, but like creepier, you know?
2: Yeah, which is funny too, because I saw this, um, some like quotes from him, and he was saying, like, oh, you know, I bulked up for the movie. You know, started getting into bodybuilding and stuff because I guess the character in the book is is a bodybuilder or something or he's like really muscular.
0: I figured that would be the case. Like, I was kind of like, there's no way he's that skinny. Like, because I don't know. I just feel like the pantyhose on the head. I'm like, that guy's supposed to be jacked or at least like soccer player ripped, you know?
2: Yeah. And like when he when he captures the um, I think it's the reporter, Stephen mm-hmm. Lang, who we'll talk about that. But uh Yeah. He like picks him up like we only see his feet and he's like picking him up and just manhandling him. And it's like tall, tall, skinny guys usually can't actually do that.
0: No, and just one hand shotgunning, just just one yeah. hand, one hand the double barrel, just bah, the thing, no no kickback whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, and and crazy.
3: he catches the guy jumping through the window too. That's sick, yeah, <laughs> that was end. tight.
0: Yeah, they make him like the like as like the I was telling you guys, but like the Twin Peaks giant guy, like from mm-hmm. like it's happening, like yeah, that's, that's and funny. he uh,
2: he rips the upholstery off his car when he's mad. <laughs>
0: Yeah. That's just like Yeah, with one hand. Yeah. No, that Very was that weak, was cool. Upholstery. That was cool. Yeah. That, that that was a cool scene. I like that scene.
2: So, um we'll 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 get more into uh into all the characters, but um overall, I mean, it sounds like we all like it, right? That's is great. There any disagreement there?
0: Second time through was even better, actually, because the first time i had watched it was when I was posting about it a while back. But the second time through, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I think for a while I was it's I, I think for a while it took me a while to get used to like William Peterson. I'm not going to lie, like for a yeah. while. That's the part that's kind of like, because yeah. he's got like his, when he gets in distress, his hair gets like Thomas Jefferson. It's like pushes down and out to the sides and you're just like <laughs> hey, he has a really soft face Um, like he's a good looking yeah. guy, but he has a real soft face. Like well, I didn't
3: know who he was when I first watched it. I was like, "Who is this actor? Why hasn't he been in anything else?" And I was to like, live and "Oh, die that's in a CSI LA. guy."
0: Yeah, and he did. A, he had done "To Live and Die in L.A.," which is a great, a, a great Friedkin movie. Kind of a similar movie. Like you can like blend the two together plot wise a little bit, like and get confused uh if you don't separate the two. But um that's one where Willem Dafoe is like kind of a weirdo. Not really a psycho. He's just like a counterfeiter, and it's really really good eighties yeah. uh, kind of cop movie and stuff. But it's with he was definitely like like becoming a guy. And then he basically decided like, I'm going to sell my soul to CBS and I'm not doing movies anymore. I'm just going to do just like, basically like, you know, boomer boomer con for the rest of my life. You know,
2: it's kind of funny. Cause he, I think right after this movie, he, I think he turned down a couple notable things. I don't, Goodfellas. I don't have any... Yeah. He turned on Goodfellas, Didn't he?
0: He turned down like an audition, but like, I think Scorsese had him in mind, which is, it's always the moves you don't make. Let me tell you that much. Like, no, I'm sorry. He's not Henry Hill yeah uh, yeah no <laughs>
2: um yeah it's hard to imagine uh not um Ch- what's his name chantix guy <laughs> i forgot his name
0: ray liotta rest of ray people. liotta yeah mm-hmm. who somehow is
2: still in a bunch of movies
0: yeah he's dude. he was a an apple tv series and where he's in jail i was like this i was like he's still going did they ai him in here like
2: what happened <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah, so I think P- Peterson after that he turned down some roles and he, I guess his his first love is the stage and he did more stage stuff and that kind of got him out of the game and then he made his comeback in on TV where you know he's much like if I rem- I haven't really watched CSI but if I remember correctly you know he's obviously much older but he's also kind of like heavier.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, he put on some pounds. Yeah. So it just
2: doesn't look it doesn't look quite the same. No. So I wasn't even I didn't realize it was the same guy at first.
0: Yeah, and I think he was in an acting troupe like I thought I looked up where he was with, with Ted Levine, which if anyone knows Ted Levine, that's Buffalo Bill from silence. Of yeah. So that was kind of a fun little, like that was what I, I think that's him that I'm, that I was looking at. Yeah.
2: I think they're part of the Steppenwolf.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They were all whatever. back in the day. So that's always funny when, you know, you're just like, Hey, we're all like in serial killer movies, you know? As, as yeah. Well.
2: And, and Levine kind of got discovered actually because of Manhunter. He's not in it, but he yeah, crashed the, the party, the rap party. And like met uh, Michael Mann and yeah. Mann ended up casting him in, you know, uh, heat and maybe, maybe something, no, it's probably just heat. But, um, and I think that's also kind of how he got his way into, uh, silence.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know this is a big, big movie for creepy guys, you know, manhunter. Yeah. Like it really put like a lot of got a lot of roles opened up.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: I think so. Like this movie as like an eighties movie, which some people are of the opinion, all old movies are bad. Right. Um, but, I I think the things that, that don't work in the movie is I think like 20% of the soundtrack is a little bit too, too dated. Mm. Whereas like, I think the other 80% is like perfect. Um, but then the other thing is just a a little bit of William Peterson overacting, staring at the camera, talking to himself
0: yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot of it's, it's very nicholas uh winding Refn, like how those movies are like i, I really saw a lot of like his stuff like that drive kind of like feel to it like just that like old kind of like Noir, like forties detective noir kind of thing, just like raining and like staring at the street lamp, all weird when everything's going. You just uh-huh. get kind of that that style of it, which works. I mean, I'm usually a sucker for it, but it is like a cheap way to get me to like a movie. So I, I understand that that's like like when it's detectives, murders, and that happening, and guys mentally ill detectives, you know, like doing <laughs> like I'm I'm in every single time. You but know? the like,
3: thing I do like about William Peterson is I I buy him kind of going nuts like. Totally. Like I'm like yeah, this guy seems like he he would go nuts a little bit. Mhm. Like kind of that soft look,
0: you know. Yeah, the the curly hair does a lot. I don't know why, but it does. Mm-hmm. Like it's just And I also hair.
3: like he'll he'll be monologuing and then like someone will interrupt him sometimes, like he's at like a diner talking into the window and then like <laughs> the lady will like drop off the check and he'll yeah. be like, oh.
0: Oh yeah. Just back to reality.
2: Yeah, it's kind of crazy how much of his like most most iconic lines from this are just to himself. Yeah. Um, And, uh, I forgot what I was going to say, but the, um, the part, yeah, he's he's, most of this, a lot of this movie is him just like looking at a screen or looking at tape and then just like self narrating. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think they, you know, it's often like, um, I don't know if you, what's that movie? Uh, Nicolas Cage, the, uh, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's the one with like the black orchid or whatever, but they, they have this thing in that movie where they're like, Oh, when you're making a movie
0: adaptation, you shouldn't. What's Was that? that adaptation?
2: I think so. Yeah.
0: yeah it's a great and movie. I think, mm-hmm.
2: I think in that one, they had this thing where it's like, um, you, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't narrate what you could just show on screen or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of those things where like the audience now, like knows this like rule about filmmaking and they, they don't really follow that rule in Manhunter. and. And I think you're supposed to I think a lot of people are like, well, then you that's that's like bad because, you know, he's just telling us stuff that that man could have found a clever way to show us instead. But well, and they,
3: they do a clever way with the tape recorder, right?
2: Yeah. Um, like yeah. it's a
3: good way of explaining what happened in the murder. Um, well, like relying on in in story stuff. But other than the that, book, there's a lot of just I talking bet to in the, the book, air. That,
0: in the book, that seems like a book thing, too, that they felt the need to put in the movie i was Mm -hmm. kind of how i thought about it because that's such a book thing the detective like talking to himself at the diner with like italics you know to like signal that it's a thought you know it it just seems like a like a book thing i don't i haven't read it so i could be completely wrong but that seems like something that they put in the movie that like i agree like maybe wouldn't be doesn't have to happen although i do love the one where he's like getting kind of horny like watching the the, you know (laughs) like the the um where he's watching it on the little like substitute teacher tv you know like yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. i did like that
2: well i I was i just want to say it's like it it's it's we're told it's like a cinema sin or whatever like you're not supposed to do this but but like i just like in this context i just don't care like i think it it just works and i'm i'm very cool with it
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i think it works within the movie it doesn't it, it doesn't like take away it's like not it's something that you notice it sticks out where you're like, that's kind of weird, but it's doesn't, it's not a deal breaker and it's not something that happens all the time.
2: Probably possibly my favorite scene in the whole movie is when he's sitting there and he's like coming to the realization, realization. He's like, you've seen these films. Mm -hmm. Haven't you, my man? I'm like, it's kind of cheesy, but it's like, I just worked. I don't know. They had the, you know, they have like that fake rip off pink Floyd going.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um,
2: it just works i don't know i think that scene is awesome I, I watched it over and over
0: oh can i tell you guys real fast about the dvd copy that i ordered for this podcast um Ooh. So, so i ordered it because i i do like to, I, I was like i loved that movie so i just want to own it regardless and this is going to give me like a reason to just like buy that dvd right now and i had it and it's like the old like or, it must have been when dvds came out that this one uh like came on it was it had two sides so like I don't know if you guys remember like DVDs when they would have two sides you'd have to flip yeah. it over yeah um for like a two hour movie like The Goodfellas was like that and and all that so I I had I had to do that but it was weird it would just skip around like I had <laughs> to like I had to like really like fly the controller for this one like I had like a pilot you know like a flight simulator I had to like hit back like okay that just skipped into that scene. Like all of a sudden, oh wow, Stephen Lang's on fire going down a parking garage. Wonder how that happened. You know, like, I, I mean, I had already seen the movie, so I did know how it happened, but I was like, I really had to like go back and like piece it together. Like, it was a cutting room floor almost. It was, uh, it was, uh, and I, it wasn't that cheap. I didn't click like 195 DVD sales, it was like 10 bucks. I was like, come on.
3: Yeah, I looked it up there. There's actually like, an alternative cut that exists on the, like the early DVD version. Oh, wow. So I wonder if that's what you got.
0: No, this one would like straight up glitch and then oh, switch okay. to something. Like it was, it was like, there was a, definitely a technical issue of like just the disc itself. Cause it was probably used previously on DVD or something. Um, yeah. yeah. And it, it might've
2: was- been, I, I, it might've been printed, you know, in the early nineties or something. It could be uh, it could be like decay on there
0: for sure. No, it's, it was, uh, it's definitely, uh, I mean, we got it done. Everything got done, watched it and everything, but it was, it was very weird. Um, Wait, I,
2: th- I said early nineties, but when did DVDs like late nineties,
0: probably I wasn't oh, going to okay. correct you, but that's, yeah, I wasn't gonna, yeah, I mean, it didn't feel that important, but yeah, I'd say late nineties. Yeah. So
2: speaking of,
3: of time, I have a weird fact we are further away from the release of red dragon than the release of red dragon was to the
0: movie. Right. Hunter. That sounds about right. Actually though. Isn't that, that weird? was not what it was red dragon about. Oh, three probably. 2002, 2002. Yeah. So I was 16. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely 16 years from, from, uh, uh, that ass yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Time. Cause it
3: feels like red dragon came out like five years ago in my head, but mm-hmm. that's not mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Um,
2: did you guys uh see in your i don't know if you researched or whatever but you know it's okay if you didn't but uh did you see who else was considered for the the will graham role yeah uh, i
0: have it in my notes i i i saw it i didn't i don't exactly remember uh refresh me
3: richard so, Gere.
2: yeah oh nice that mel
3: gibson t- oh and paul newman
0: Uh not paul newman yeah no but uh no, no one, i had
2: one more i don't remember where i got no. this it could be it could be a fake rumor but um jeff bridges
0: oh i don't know about that either i, I,
3: I think would, mel gibson could work because he does crazy good
0: i like richard Gere. actually richard Gere is really good in movies like this though those are really like tense kind of slow moving thrillers like that like he, he, he's he's what's really... the one with edward norton oh primal fear yeah one, i love that That one's one. good but like even like if you watch like the mothman prophecies that's an That's awesome one of my movie. favorites too it's fucking awesome movie and yeah. he's really really good in it and american gigolo has a similar vibe to this i get why they'd want to like to do that because it's uh, it's it makes sense and he's a, he was a bigger star for sure so uh i would imagine budget got in the way uh maybe a little bit but uh you know that, that makes sense, but Will, Will Peters. I mean, I, you know, I, I sound like I hate the guy. I don't. He's 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 very good. It's no, I
3: I like like I kind of love him in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like I think he's perfect, but yeah, he yeah, is I, kind of a weird looking dude. He's just
0: very strange. For you're like it just it just doesn't look like, like that. Doesn't is that a per is that a real person? Like, I don't, <laughs> I've never seen anybody that looks like that before. Right, like, right. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think he works in the role, but um, but yeah. But one thing that's kind of interesting is that right now like Manhunter holds a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh yeah. But, but most of those reviews are like modern, right? But the reviews that actually came out at the time were like negative. Totally. And it's, it's really interesting to me how, um, I mean, critics, I think are largely like, you know, they're herd animals. They just kind of like, if one tastemaker says, Oh, actually, this is good actually. Mm -hmm. Then they're all just like, well, yeah, of course it's good. But yes.
3: Speaking of which I saw some, some libtard (laughs) e-magazines. Uh, they were praising Manhunter. Wow, and I wonder if that should change our opinion. It was like yeah. Salon and oh, uh, right. some other, you know, one of those other ones that sounds like that.
2: Well, so I I read through some of the reviews from the past as well, and one of the issues, one of the big like critiques was like style over substance, and and it's kind of funny because in the '80s they were kind of making the argument that like this movie is too '80s, huh. and then now in like 20 like 10s it seemed like manhunter got like this resurgence now it's like oh this movie is perfectly 80s it's just like time and place i don't know
0: yeah no it's that that's weird people yeah it is like really 80s but that's never swayed me from anything like i mean I'm pretty sure everyone's gonna whatever's made now people are gonna be like oh that's that year you know what I mean like everyone's gonna know it's fine to like it's fine to not like scrub the evidence of when a movie was released you know like it's it's okay it's okay if it's a time capsule even if it's like a distorted kind of like over the top one like yeah maybe not not everything like this was happening in the 80s but why not you know what I mean make it a little excess a little excess is fine
2: our era is probably gonna be recognizable for the like presumably you know um, CGI gets better I guess uh, mm-hmm. But
0: <laughs> exactly it's all tech r- related you know it's, Yeah, I think
2: in, I would assume in like 20 years people are going to look at a movie from 2020 and just be like what you know why they use so much CGI when they weren't that good at it yet or something mm-hmm. also yeah.
3: speaking of CGI like man isn't it great to watch a movie that's filmed on film and everything's shot in camera oh yeah <laughs> like it's just so refreshing that's what i remember when i first watched it is like it's just refreshing to
0: watch compared to modern movies that uh, totally yeah no it's it's uh it's great. I mean, even that, like that first scene with like the rickety, like they use that like actual thing for true crime documentaries now. Like the li- the light going up the like steps when you're doing a mm-hmm. beanie, you know, like all a the camcorder agent. stuff. Yeah. yeah, the camcorder like thing like that. That's like it's used as like B roll in a lot of like true crime documentaries and stuff like that. I don't. I I am not an expert as far as like filming of movies, but like I'm. Were there a lot? Of, was that happening a lot in movies? Uh, just that shot in general before Manhunter. Yeah, I don't
2: know. Uh yeah, I don't know either, but I'll I'll give him I'll give man credit for Yeah,
0: yeah. I just I, it's not nothing from the I watch a lot of stuff from the 70s. I don't remember seeing anything like that.
2: Yeah. You know. Um another thing that like these a lot of these podcasts that I listen to were really preoccupied with cuz they're all they all love Anthony Hopkins in Silence of course, the Lambs. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Lamb or Lambs? I don't remember. Silence of the Lambs. Uh okay so they all love hopkins in in the hannibal Lecter role and um now brian now cox now has this like resurgence because of uh uh succession succession, right Mm -hmm. um and so some people are kind of down on him but what did you guys think about him his performance
3: yeah i uh i liked it um and also having just like watched um Silence of the Lambs with uh, 2023 eyes. The Hopkins stuff is a little too much.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Like I, I get that it's a compelling performance and there's a lot of like great lines in there. But I think the the Brian Cox performance is like, it's like a very, like you buy that that guy is that smart. Whereas I feel like, you can tell just anthony hopkins is an actor you
0: know yeah He's like, it's really it's really campy the the hopkins stuff i do love silence of the lambs and i actually really liked hopkins but it's correct i i think everything you say is correct and i think it's like it that his role in that movie particularly Silence of the lambs like jodie Foster's really awesome in that movie and and ted yeah. levine's awesome too but you know the, the the anthony hopkins thing is the thing that's like man this movie is kind of like kind of not aging as well you know it's because of anthony hopkins you know and and Mm -hmm. brian cox man yeah incredible it's uh it was so good he he has the um again like you say like the intellect is is there and just not everything's and and he's cold you know what i mean and it's not Mm -hmm. i'm cold like anthony hopkins it's not this like you know (laughs) i'm gonna be breathy when i speak like kind of kind of right he's
3: almost like a vampire or like a supernatural force whereas in this like he's just a prisoner like almost a
0: level of autism a little bit like just a little bit of like just kind of like like you know yeah he does have a little like voice inflections and stuff when he gets a little bit excited but for the most part it's just kind of like cold clinical dialect like academic he's an academic you can tell and mm -hmm. and just uh yeah it's it's scary it's frightening i mean one of the i I, even more frightening than like the weird phone call with like the stick of gum and stuff like any even the more frightening part of that is just how nice he is to the guard you know Mm -hmm. and stuff and just like just kind of like while he's about to do his business because like I don't it's been a while since I've seen Sounds of the Lambs like Anthony Hopkins is like not nice to any of the guards right like I mean he's quite the opposite doesn't he like attack one of them
3: well yeah like, he eats he, one of their faces yeah, he yeah. of
0: but he's never like he doesn't really play them up that much if I remember correctly like, there's kinda,
3: a bit of it where he's like, like I'm ready for you Mr. Whatever
0: yeah <laughs> but, you know this guy's like I'll oh, just leave it there I'll get to it right away but uh yeah he's just like really like you know get it get right into it like just oh sure yeah you know just kind of like knows everybody kind of thing and, and that that that's what that that that's always what makes a, a just a crazy murk he's not he's like kind of the villain but like all, a secondary villain you know so it's not yeah yeah i kind
3: of wanted to talk about the like the structure of the movie a little yeah. bit where it's interesting where you're kind of launched into this guy and and this comes from the book but like it it it's it's an interesting way of doing a movie because we're we're shown the detective and it's some years after he's apprehended Lecter and he's retired because he had mental issues after going after Lecter, right? And mm-hmm. then you don't even see the other villain, the actor, until like halfway through the second act, maybe. Yeah. Like like he doesn't show up.
2: Yeah, it's about the, way later. I... Mm-hmm.
3: And and so it's really like this juxtaposition of Lecter and Graham and kind of this cat and mouse game they're playing and how they're trying to to do it. And then the, the villain only shows up, like, later. So, so the real, like, antagonist kind of is Lecter, but they also, in this movie, are very, like, reserved on using him. And I read somewhere that, or maybe I heard in an interview, Michael Mann wanted it to be, like, you want more of Lecter and you kind of are intrigued by his charisma and, like, you don't get a lot of him. But like it, it's just a really interesting way to stage like a movie yeah. where you have kind of those competing forces and like the real villain doesn't even show up.
0: It's a good frustration that you get for not having more Hannibal Lecter in a movie. Like you're kind of like more ple- like, can I get one more scene? But it's it's good that you don't because I, mm-hmm. I even I think Brian Cox would have got old on you after a while. Like if you if you saw too much of his of him, like he's just very no wasted motion. Everything is a scheme and then gets right to it. And pulls off a I mean his talk of the of the Why don't you just go into that Rolodex and just go like oh yes that's mm-hmm. the number like that's the way that's the way these a real sociopath speaks like they're yeah. charming to people like a lot of times like unless they're like they're lot but the ones that are successful and get away with it for a long time they're charming like they could they, they can they have a switch they can turn on you know like they can play both sides especially when yeah, they I have like, taught for a bunch of years you know
2: I like the social engineering thing where he mm-hmm. He asked for the Rolodex, and the assistant is like, "Oh, he doesn't have a Rolodex." He's like, "Okay, well, there's this other thing called a card caddy. Does he have that?" It's mm-hmm. like he's he's yeah. like having to walk this like DMV person through the.
0: <laughs> so good, yeah. You know, I'll hold, yeah, no, but yeah, yeah, it's great, yeah, great. That, that that is, I I do think he's better than Anthony Hopkins, though I. I I I still have a little bit of love for for him in that in that you know, but it's, no, yeah, yeah it, it's it's de- it's a very different guy though. Like, yeah, totally. I and I'd love to know which one's more true of the book because I, I might have to read the book eventually for my fiction series. I might I might have to get into uh, read Red Dragon because I'd like to know who who got the book more right as far as the characters. I don't care about plot. If you want to switch the plot, that's fine. But like, I want to know who nail you know did they decide to yeah. deviate on silence of the lambs from like the hannibal character? characters like no we're gonna make this the hollywood hannibal well
3: you know? what i yeah. i looked into is the the book came out it was early 80s or late 70s it was 81 of red dragon yeah and then um and then the silence of the lambs wasn't written until after manhunter came out wow. it was it was like 88 so it's possible like they took cues from the movie or whatever, but, sure. um, but yeah. And then also, uh, are we going to do alternate casting on Brian Cox
2: Lector uh, in a second? But one thing I wanted to touch on is that, and I think this affects the character quite a bit is that in silence of the lambs less or Lector is held in like a dungeon. Yeah. Not like a facility that I you know a prison seems like they'd actually right. use. And then, uh, yeah, it was like throw him under, under, you know the
0: the, the the phrase throw him under the jail like that's what they did to Hannibal Lecter and Sons of the Lambs It was like under yeah. the jail <laughs> well and it's much more like horror yeah you know yeah, like, <laughs> vampire Dracula where is it stuff. Baltimore is it Baltimore that he's yeah, in yeah it's supposed yeah, to be Baltimore. yeah it's, it, it reminds me of like those like dingy like Baltimore set movie yeah like just like kind of almost dystopian kind of like yeah I know what you're talking
2: about and, and actually in fairness Baltimore does have a lot of weird old infrastructure like yeah, that yeah totally So Edgar Allan
0: Poe, I think of like Edgar Allan Poe. You know, yeah. Maybe they
2: really did have a prison cell that would look like that, but mm -hmm. uh, I just I think that affects the character quite a bit. Like Fraser, I think just said that it's like you're visiting Dracula. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's not nearly as scary that where Brian Cox is. It's just very. It's very just nothing. It's just a like an extreme, just like jail cell where he's clearly isolated. You know, Mm -hmm. he's not going to be around anybody. He's removed from society, and And and, it's totally white yeah totally white he's wearing white jumpsuit too it's just like and then he's got the black slick back hair which sticks out like a sore thumb you know just Mm -hmm. that black slick back hair because if you've only known him as logan roy he's just got that you know you know white hair and stuff and i just watched him in braveheart where he's got a long wig on it's sick (laughs) (laughs) the other night i was re-watching braveheart it was like i was he just kept popping up everywhere like in, in all the things i was watching
2: yeah and he's got this uh and that that place where he's held is an actual art art museum. It's like, yeah oh um, wow, yeah, the you know, sets
3: were very like interesting architecturally,
2: yeah, and then I don't know if this is this is not my observation, but just um a sort of like clever thing, I guess you're supposed to notice an intentional thing where when they film the conversations with will and uh Hannibal, they always put the camera behind the bars, so. When you're looking at Hannibal, he's behind bars. When you're looking at Will, he mm-hmm. looks behind bars. So, you know, they're both uh, and they're framed trapped. with their
3: face in between the like two bars. Yeah, they're
2: either both, they're both trapped look. either way.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's true. And and the uh, I did see that's the thing I got to get better at is like noticing stuff like that. But no, it's true. Like it's the um, and, and yeah, just like the where he's he's fa- in here, yeah, he's facing the wall, and he you know the, when they're bringing him the phone the guards like turn around face the wall. It's like, it's a serious business. The way the guard talks to him, there's no, there's no friendship between, you know, like some of the, like those like green mile type, like, you know, friendships <laughs> yeah. that people have in like, jail. like, Hey, Hannibal, you know, just like, there's none of, none of that. Just, just turn around face the wall. Don't move. till I tell you like, just, just to hand him a phone. Like it's, it's really good.
2: Yeah. Um, Frazier, you wanted to mention, uh, alt casting for, Oh
0: yeah.
3: Alternate, um, universe. Uh, Hannibal Lecter, John Lithgow.
0: I, I think he was uh, supposed to play. It was 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 or at least auditioned? Is what I yeah. Really uh-huh.
3: like. uh, Mandy Patinkin I said mm. that wrong. But oh well.
2: Oh, patenkin Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Uh,
2: my, mo- my mom is gonna be so mad. I I know how to say it. I just messed up while I was. She's, talking. My mom. I don't know why, but she, she likes that guy. I think because he's like a singer.
3: Um, William Friedkin.
0: The, the yeah, guy. and Brian Dennehy. Brian Dennehy, I believe, is a good friends with Brian Cox. And I believe yeah. Brian Dennehy recommended him for the film, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I th- mm-hmm. The
2: the way I understood it was uh, Dennehy basically had the role, but he's like, uh, how about my friend Brian? So,
0: Yeah, how about the guy that everyone confuses me for? Wait, time, Brian probably. Dennehy was in um, Tommy, Boy. The- Tommy, Tommy Boy. No,
3: yeah. no, no. But he was in um, the uh, Michael Mann prison movie, TV movie, The, the Jericho Mile.
2: Oh, was he? Mm.
3: Yeah, he was the main
2: white supremacist uh, criminal. I yeah. didn't finish that one. I, I'm meaning to, but I haven't finished it.
0: That's a great call on Lithgow, by the way, though, because cause, um, Blowout, he's so awesome as the villain in, in Blowout with the with the ice pick, like, and he's really mm. cold, man of really hardly any words. Um, I don't. Yeah, I remember him even speaking much in the movie, but it's just he's he's got that like just stone cold killer thing to him, which you'd never know now if you said we're like third rock from the sun and things like that. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, he's just kind of he's kind of goofy. I just saw him in some like Apple TV movie the other day. Um, I think,
2: yeah, I think Lithgow could have done it for sure. I think he'd have been goal. good.
0: That's a great call. I, I can't think of anybody that for Hannibal. Like, I'm, I, don't, I'm, I, I mean, I think it's Brian Cox, but like, yeah, it's just like <laughs> I, I can't think of anybody that I would put uh, around so that the, time.
2: The Friedkin one is funny. So so uh, Will Peterson got the job because of footage from To Live and Die in LA yeah. that, was, that was being directed by Friedkin. And and man saw some of the footage. Friedkin showed it to him, and he's like, "Oh, I like this guy. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna put him in my movie." And then he goes to Friedkin, he's like, "And I want you to play Hannibal." And the and then Friedkin's like, "Well, I'm not I'm not an actor. Like, I'm a director. I'm not an actor. I don't want to be on camera." And and man's like, "Well, that's the thing. I don't I don't want you to act. Like, you that's just just how you are. You're You're a weirdo, man. Yeah, (laughs) you're a weirdo." And also there's there's a lot of lore between these guys cuz they're they're both sort of accused of like ripping each other off. I could see that. And and uh allegedly allegedly man was suing also at the same time suing Friedkin for uh to live and die in LA because he said it was like too similar to to Miami Vice.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I don't know how you're going to win that lawsuit, but well, like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, play. Friedkin
2: yeah. says Freakin says like that didn't happen, in their like friends, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, maybe they joked. It could be one of those things where they joked about it in public, and some dumb reporter was like, "Oh,
2: he's gonna do it," and then yeah,
0: that was then the story came out or something. Yeah, yeah, because I that I could see if you're like really buddies, you could be like, "Hey, yeah, you stole that. You got that from me. We were at the bar talking about that that one time." You know.
2: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I did uh, one more data point on that though. um I don't listen to I don't listen to to WTF with Mark Marin, but uh, Michael Mann was on. Mm. So oh. I listened so I listened to it and Marin at one point says something like um so something like oh was freaking in, uh influenced by you or something like that and man just like ignores the question which is like I've seen in other interviews that's what he does yeah. he doesn't want to talk about something he just ignores it. That's For right. the
3: Manosphere podcast I watched like a million uh behind the scenes things and interviews because I thought we were going into more depth into each movie. Um <laughs> but anyway, uh yeah, like I noticed that like he kind of hates certain interviewers. And then oh, yeah. I watched one though, uh earlier today where Robert Rodriguez um interviewed him and he was like much more open about stuff and didn't like just give canned answers and move he's on. one of the
0: guys, he's in the fraternity, yeah. that's why. Mhm.
3: Yeah, so that was an interesting interview. But yeah, I have noticed he's like, he'll kind of just say the same thing for every movie when he gets asked about it. And he doesn't really like elaborate. And whenever people are like, oh, this seems so like artistic. And like, there seems like there's a ton of meaning behind him looking out at the ocean. And he's like, well, I just shoot the script, whatever's written down. That's what I shoot. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah oh I, yeah that's always funny the, those those guys that are just like oh you know it just it just happened you know just just happened Cormac McCarthy when he, when he does interviews that's everything it's like so tell me about this scene where like you know the indigenous guy gets his heart and it's getting cooked in front of him and everything <laughs> uh, and then the, uh, the Native American guy he's like oh you know that things just pop in your head you know and then they move on to the next question it's like <laughs> all right man like you like you, why'd you sign up for this and why'd you even say yes to this guy yeah <laughs> Yeah,
3: like Michael Mann, where do you get your ideas? <laughs>
0: yeah. Who are your
2: guys? You
3: know, well, like <laughs> man
2: Mann has an answer to that. He gets all his ideas from cops and criminals. Yeah, he yeah. just hangs out with them.
3: Yeah. Yeah, which um he kind of uh apparently I haven't figured out why, but he started corresponding with a serial a real world serial killer who uh is the inspiration for the use of Anagata Davida who yeah. thought that, that it was like sending him secret messages about how he was yeah. in love with the women he was killing. All right. And so, like, he changed some of the book to, to match that guy. Mm. But, like, I can't figure out why he was talking to a serial killer, but he definitely, like, especially after the, the Jericho Mile, where he shot it in Folsom Prison, he kind of started talking more to criminals to kind of understand them. Because I think in Jericho Mile, what he realized is, like, oh, these people are kind of like, you know, there's more to them than you would think, where, like, they kind of get into philosophy because they're, like, locked in a cell all day and they have to find, like, a reason to keep living. And so, like, he found that super interesting and that's kind of where Thief comes from. And then um, he also was interested in the cop side of it, right? Because he kind of saw them as two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. But I think, and one of the big themes of this film and then later films that he does there's also like this third entity. So like you've got the justice and the crime, right? And they're both like top-notch justice and crime, right? That's in all his movies. Mm-hmm. But then you've got Dollar Hyde, who's just a monster, who's a yeah. psychopath. And I think that's part of like what he's doing in this film is he's exploring what is it that makes like this other thing that that's just like an insane person. And, and he also he follows that up in like heat heat where there's robert de niro al, al pacino and then there's there's uh the um wayne, wayne grow wayne grow who is kind of like the wild card serial killer crazy force yeah. of nature and so the those that kind of juxtaposition of kind of the yin yang of of good and evil and then like just like psychos out in the wilderness that's like a big part of this movie i think
2: yeah, the and then I just read the the Heat 2 book and he does he does runs the same playbook. He has mm-hmm. got a good guy, bad guy ran and then chaotic guy.
3: Yeah, and, and I, he, I mean I think he does it in almost like all of his movies after Manhunter.
0: I mean, that's a, that's a winning formula. I mean, it's just it it dies. it's one you don't get tired of. I mean, unless you like really put it under the microscope, it's going to there's so many ways you can go with that.
3: Mhm. And it's kind of like the philosophy of it where you know, he, he kind of, you know, goes more into it in Heat, but like in this one where uh, Will Graham has to like get into the mind of the the killer to really understand him and only that way he can be successful and catch him. And and like he's the best at of the best and the best at what he does and super driven, but also the killer is super driven too, you know, and, and in this case, like Hannibal Lecter is like the best serial killer, right? The most intelligent. And then...
2: Yeah. Number one draft pick serial killer. Yeah. And then they have the, to catch the tiger of Dollar Hyde.
0: Yeah, and then you have like the whole kind of <laughs> okay, his chief, old or chief or whatever it is, Dennis Ferinda or something. He he's he yeah. goes and hunts down the best guy for the job. So then mm-hmm. William Peterson has to go find the best serial killer for the job because he's mm-hmm. right there one in the same. And uh, another
3: trivia is Farina was real life companions with um the inspiration for heat or what right. do we call it partners. partners yeah that's a that's a mormon slip as they call it <laughs> <laughs> um
2: yeah frino is a real cop um when yeah. he just always plays a cop or a criminal and is always in like cop mode <laughs> i like he, him I, he, he was great.
0: he was real life partners with the al pacino character yeah, yeah he's a real he's a real like like say you can't tell a movie shot at a certain time period he's kind of like i think you're like oh it's it's during that era you know like when you look <laughs> at him you're like it was the dennis farina era where he's like in a suspenders and a tie and pissed off you know
2: yeah mustache mm-hmm. um no he's good in this he's good in this i think as i mean it's it's pretty impressive that he came like late like he was he must have been in his like 40s or something when he started acting and um he's good and uh I mean, he kind of does one note. He's just like the 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 cop, and um, I like you know I like the scenes with uh, you know Peterson yelling at him and stuff like. Oh know.
0: yeah, it's over when I say to You don't bring me out of here. I love that. That's like my yeah. favorite line mm-hmm. in the movie. He's like, you're gonna tell me that it's over now or something. You know, or, I I forget I'm butchering the line, but it's basically like, you bring me in here, you bring me out of retirement, it's ruined my life a second time, and now you're gonna tell me we, you know.
3: You yeah, it's too this. late. Yeah,
0: yeah, too late. There you go. That's that. It's exactly what it is. And is. You're like, man, hell yeah. No, and
3: uh, I, I also saw with that scene. Um, the uh, cinematographer said that he made uh, William Peterson do like um, 40 takes or more back to back of him discovering the uh, the the videotape connection yeah and he said he wanted it to be so he wasn't acting anymore, and he was actually just tired of being there
2: and was like just mad,
3: yeah, just like mad and trying to get it out like and and so yeah, I think man likes that authenticity of people who aren't actually acting, sure
2: um <laughs> let's talk about uh let's talk about Stephen Lang
0: yeah,
3: yeah, I have in my notes zoomer hair Lang. Yeah,
2: Zoomer perm.
0: Yeah. Big time, like big time guitar player in the 80s and <laughs> haircut, like which is so jarring because he's he's if you look at him now, he's like super healthy, like super like fit. Yeah. But he like kind of looks like shit in this movie, like as a young guy.
3: <laughs> and well, for he... those without IMDb in front of him, he's the avatar guy who is yeah. the mean. I was surprised he wasn't uh, blue in general... this movie. Yeah, Yeah,
2: <laughs> I think so. Um, I don't know a ton about you know like steroids or whatever, but his like facial, his yeah, face, I didn't know it was him again. He his was face looks one. different. His body looks different. He's like jacked at like age sixty or whatever.
3: Yeah, he was almost like effeminate and like gay looking.
2: Yeah, he's <laughs> like, kind of he's very soft looking as this Freddie Lounds guy. Yeah, and he's pa- playing kind of like a Weasley
3: little. Uh, guy and then like yeah, now yeah. he can only play like i'm a grizzled veteran and you better all sit down and shut up
0: no and i and i didn't think it was Stephen lang at first because i actually thought it was the guy i don't know if you guys know who bruce altman is
2: um, when yeah. I first,
0: he looks like him in the face in this because Bruce Altman's mm. got a little more weight on him than him. The kind of, a kind of, you know, just a bit more of like a average yeah, kind of yeah, slubby yeah. looking guy. If you see him, if you look at Bruce Altman, I'm just thinking, oh, that's what he looked like in the 80s. I'm like, that's Stephen Lang. Yeah, <laughs> I only
3: knew it because I, I searched the cast on yeah, Google same, and it had same. Stephen Lang. And I'm like, wait, when does he show up? And then I'm like, oh, that's him.
2: I, I couldn't find a citation for this. You know, because I'm a I'm a nerd, libtard. I need a source. But uh, I saw on Twitter someone said something like, in filming Avatar, Lang, there's a scene where Lang is like doing bench press, right? Mm-hmm. And they said he just actually bench pressed, like the weight that's on the bars for the movie.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: and someone said it was like 290. And It's like, how is this old guy doing 290?
0: I I, he- I watched his YouTube or I not his YouTube channel, but like a YouTube channel that's the Men's Health one, and it's called what what's gym and fridge is what it's called so it's i'm addicted to it like 10 minutes of every like celebrity that agrees i've
2: seen seen the tom brady one
0: yeah and that one's like four minutes and he doesn't really want to do it you can tell but like the the, (laughs) Stephen lang's like more than happy to like show everybody like every part of it he's definitely like hippie kind of like you know taking all the cool hippie supplements that i take and all that stuff and he's just doing like plyometric yoga and then just hardcore weight lifting all day and then like basically Dustin Hoffman told him to keep eating garlic for the rest of his life and he'll live forever. And Dustin Hoffman's still alive. So it hasn't bit him yet, you know? So pretty good.
2: Yeah. Whatever He's on the Hoffman
0: regimen. Yeah. I was like, Hoffman's not jacked though. I was like, I was <laughs> laughing. Like he was like, Hoffman, I, I get it. Cause you know, Hoffman's what, probably gotta be in his eighties right now. He's still kicking. So you can't, you can't say that it didn't work for him, but he,
2: yeah, he doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah. I want to see Jack Hoffman
0: that would be so t- jacked off man yeah that would, <laughs> that'd be a cool name yeah <laughs> but uh yeah no that that's uh i i i do like him i i like Stephen lang a lot i i uh tombstone i mean i that's 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 like really what i remember most from but yeah
3: i i met a real person named anita anita jerkovsky
0: yeah wow <laughs> You really got to you really got to sound your last name out a few times before you go with the name Anita cuz yeah there's yeah. a lot of yeah.
2: Well she's gonna she's gonna find this podcast. Yeah, she it's probably like will.
0: Dostoyevsky character or something like yeah. <laughs> but
2: uh, um, I I think Lang is really good at this as a snotty yeah. a snotty journalist.
0: Yeah. I know when he gets picked up off his feet, you know, he's he <laughs> yeah. man where he's just you know hollering at the girls and goes in the parking garage, classic parking garage, terror scene. Um, yeah. and you know, it gets lifted up by the, by the, uh, seven foot Tom Noonan.
2: Mm-hmm. Was this a, is this an anti-journalist movie?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's gotta be. Uh, Will Peterson movie, yeah, body yeah, slams him. Mm-hmm.
2: And then, uh, Dollar Hyde choke slams him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're kind of like good riddance. To that Body guy. slamming
0: him on the car was one of the few scenes where I was like, "Come on, you know, what I mean? yeah. like, like you did broad daylight and just." <laughs> just body slamming a journalist on a car <laughs> which I'm based but I'm just saying like, like like you typically like my office now you know type of thing <laughs> like yeah, like usually happens after that but yeah Um, no it's uh that was one of the few scenes where I was like really like okay I, I could see him grabbing you know like grab, it would have actually been funny too if he grabbed him and kind of picked him up a little bit and yelled at him like as then it would have been like a, alluding to like him getting picked up by the so you know uh, dollar high or something but i just i was like wow he really body slammed him onto a windshield of a car yeah unbelievable
2: and then of course uh you know he gets burned in the wheelchair and that's such a i mean that's i don't know if that's like a, a big horror fan would probably say that's like you know par for the course but that's just part that of the
0: course for working at the national tattler yeah but that's sometimes.
2: a that's an awesome visual i mean it's it's gross but
0: yeah, I do love the name for the magazine because it's clearly like the National Enquirer, you know, like mm. like it's that's exactly what it is. But it's the national tab because you know it's just like you know stupid magazine that shows every celebrity out with a woman that's not his wife. You know,
2: that's like what Trump would name a magazine that he, totally- or, <laughs> that he didn't like. That's the nickname totally. he'd give to a.
0: Yeah, I didn't even notice that the first time I watched the movie. I was like the tattler. I thought that was pretty good. And the the parking uh, garage guy has a tattler like logo on his. Like he's just the security guard guy that freaks out when he sees the uh yeah. he he's got the tattler logo on his. I love it.
2: I'm gonna clip that that guy's little like he. You know, he was really. You can tell that guy was excited. Like yeah. he's like I'm. I got my scene today. You know, and he he really <laughs> he really goes for it. He jumps up and yells and. Yeah.
0: Calls his wife baby they're gonna put me they're gonna put me in the movie this time i'm not just i'm not just a security guy I, hey, they're gonna say i get to get real scared there's gonna be a guy on a, a chair burning i'm gonna have to look at him but i'm not gonna see it. He's not gonna be a real burning guy so i gotta act
2: you yeah. know like he gets i to get one ready. line and it's ah
0: yeah i mean that's better than even like having a line though yeah that's that's way more spotlight i think and then he
2: and then he just runs like mm-hmm. but like it doesn't really feel like it makes sense where he's running he's just like <laughs> It's just kind of like, they're like, okay, Jerry, now sprint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just ran straight to a wall.
0: Yeah. Ah, you know, what would you do, right? You'd be scared. Not like you see that every day, right? I maybe would run into the <laughs> wrong direction, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe when we work at the tattler um, you see a lot of journalists getting tortured, but maybe not like that. <laughs> I, I have a few other based themes if we want to talk uh,
3: about those. Sure. Let's
2: sure. Go for it.
3: Well, other than Zoomer, hair Lang but Mm -hmm. um because that's based having zoomer hair is it um (laughs) well we mentioned it earlier and this is just a quick one um you mentioned uh graham like kind of like being attracted to the the victims or whatever but one of the things is this movie portrays men as being horny for good-looking women which Is something you don't see in movies nowadays.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, no, you're
3: not no. allowed to find women attractive.
0: And- no, and and you're, the, the movies are all about women and the 18 men they're attracted to is, is what the movie is. in the, the one, every one of those 18 men is only attracted to this seven out of ten that's in the movie. And then <laughs> and then uh, they all they all climax in 28 seconds, like uh, in the and and never satisfy her. So that's how that's how movies are. But, you know, this is. This well, and also I have I've
3: brought it up in regards to like Marvel movies where like you're not even allowed to have like a sexy superhero girl. No, like like, like Scarlett Johansson in the Black Widow movie is never sexy. No. <laughs> like but then they do kind of show men as being sexy, like in all the Marvel movies. They'll sure. show like Chris Pratt. He got abs. Look at that, ladies. Mm-hmm. But like there's none of those shots for women anymore. No. But like. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, you're a man and you find someone attractive. That's just normal. And well, you can show it in a movie.
0: Tom Noonan is the eye candy for the movie, if we're being real. I mean, that's what got the ladies in the seats. You know. Well, yeah,
3: that's my other based uh, theme is uh, Dollar
0: hide as an incel. Dude, <laughs> just watching vaporwave Pepe edits on his computer. Just <laughs> He's
3: wearing those glasses, very like <laughs> yeah, vaporwave glasses. Yeah,
0: man. At the whole time, like if you, could put, you could set a little dark age. To like him, you know, MGMT, Little Dark Age, to just a montage, kind of tint the screen a little bit of mm-hmm. Dollar Hyde, just kind of like, just kind of vibing, you know what I mean? And you would have it. Watch it, ripping the upholstery while he's watching his, his horror of a, of a oh, girlfriend. Man. Yeah. Reba is a whore. I'm just going to say those,
2: that. Those yeah. edits... um, to do them right take a lot of time i i wish i had the time cuz this, this there is a lot of good uh material in here to it's make a vaporwave
0: movie i mean i think that's really why it came it it's come back you know like truly cuz like that detective y kind of like right like ryan gosling would be would be will graham now you know what i mean that's like what oh, would, yeah. that's what would yeah. happen now like if it made it now, that was, it's exactly it would be him. It would be Nicholas Winding Refin or whatever the drive. He would just do this movie.
2: Actually, let's pull that thread because I actually was gonna. I was possibly gonna ask like if, if you recast this for twenty twenty three, who you got? And then I yeah, I do think Gosling. That you know that's like that's sealed. That sounds good. Um, who you got as? Who you got in the other roles? Uh man. Um...
3: Oh, uh, you get uh, Zendaya? Sure.
0: Well, you have to <laughs> as the yeah. blind girl, yeah. as his wife. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's gay. It Would be Timothy Chalamet. and He's just gay. Yeah. I'm picking up gay <laughs> blind guys. No, and, Timothy uh, Chalamet would be uh, Lecter. Oh, good point. Like a sexy Lecter. Yeah, that would be good. No, not hundred percent. No, uh, Dave Bautista as uh, Dennis Farina, not a character. <laughs> no, I'm I'm trying to think. Uh, I I could see like a J.K. Simmons situation, like a serious J.K. Simmons role, like yeah. bringing him back in for something like that. Um, that'd be pretty cool for and, for which guy? For Jack Crawford, um, uh-huh. you know, like so. I don't know. It's it's kind of tough right now. There's not really a lot of like Dennis Farinas anymore, are there? You know, it's he's kind of. He's kind of gone by his his style or his. Uh, his Yeah, yeah. they don't
2: really. make him like they used to.
0: No, no, because because nowadays when you like age, when you like were a cool guy, you have to wear like orange sunglasses and like ice cream cone prints all over your shirts and be like Pedro Pascal. Like you have to like kind <laughs> of just, you have to like do that, wear scarves and stuff like and that and- that
3: um the Jack Crawford character is in Silence of the Lambs and Red Dragon as well
0: oh wow he's in all of them yeah i didn't even think that makes sense actually but um then i guess for um i don't know i'm trying to think of who you know we got his
2: dollar hide uh beats as the blind girl that's
0: pretty cool that's pretty cool um i would say for dollar hide i don't man i don't know that's tough Cause who is like a serial killer nowadays? I
2: always do. I always bring up Pete Davidson on this show
0: <laughs> as Hannibal Lecter. I, I don't no. Hate
2: Pete Dollarhide.
0: Oh, Dollar okay. Hyde Pete Davidson not. as Dollar yeah,
2: because
3: he's tattooed in the novels. Michael Shannon. Oh yeah, he's he's scary. I yeah. feel like I like having watched Red Dragon. Now, like I like how tall Noonan was, though. Like I like that as a as a character.
0: Sure, no, I like a tall. Yeah. Yeah. I would. Yeah. I would have. I would probably, I guess, have to say that. Yeah, I don't well, know. Well, Michael
3: Shannon, but like they do the Lord of the Rings trick to make him look like Gandalf. Uh
0: huh. Yeah, just stretch him out a little bit. Just like yeah. eight foot tall, Michael Shannon. Yeah. Pet the tiger, you know. <laughs> 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 I don't know. <laughs> That's just, yeah, I guess it would be Shannon. I can really only think of Will Graham's character. It's really tough. It's tough to cast the other ones.
1: Um,.
3: Who would be um,
0: Lecter though? Is there a good just just do Anthony Hopkins? Yeah, just bring him back. Just bring him back. Yeah, it would be cool to have like God. He's just so old now, but like an Ed Harris type, like would be sick. But he's just so old now. Mm. It wouldn't it would just he, those guys are all too old now to do that. Like I think. Yeah. Um, God, I don't know. There's not there's um, not a lot of good villains anymore.
2: Well, feel free at any point to to blurt it out if you come up with a good one. Um, okay. How about uh, Will Graham's wife? Kim Kim Greist Greist,
3: mm-hmm. um, are we talking about how we like her as a wife? Yeah, in the movie and man that, has that's, a, that's a common thread in this podcast. As we, we all say, we the like wives. the wife.
2: Yeah. We always talk about the wives, and man has a tradition of like not really caring about the women in his movies. And I'm not even, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be a feminist or anything. He just, he just genuinely doesn't.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, why would you? Yeah, neither do I. But (laughs) I I also don't care about the women in those movies to be to be honest. But no, uh, yeah, she's got like some Glenn Close kind of look to her a little bit, uh, uh, slightly better. But the um, she's all right. I mean, what the fuck, dude? You go back into work, and then all of a sudden, the fucking your old guy has our address now. like you yeah know like, I mean? like I, I, she's mad part, for too. a reason like that's, it makes she, sense yeah because it's not like just like you're watching the tv again you know like yeah it's, it's not, not like, like type, oh yeah. man
3: you're doing long hours doing a very important yeah. job you know yeah, she's just, nagging you, him because she's like hey you our yeah. kid almost got killed i'm sure you do have kid. another
0: stakeout i'm sure it's a stakeout that you're doing <laughs> you know just it's not those type of Things that that are happening. It's like no, it's uh, she's pretty sparing with her complaints.
2: No, her I feel like
3: I, his his w- Michael Mann wives are pretty supportive generally. Mm-hmm. So she's a pretty supportive wife.
2: In yeah, general. she's she's pretty chill about everything she's like oh you you know it sounds like you've already decided to go back like i i get it yeah like
0: <laughs> yeah you get it's kind of like football coaches are like that too it's like you retire for a year due tv it's like yeah you're gonna take the next football coach job you're 70 and i hate you hate being home with me you know and, and it's like dude what what uh, will graham has like the how he's building that chicken coop at the beginning like he's just a beach chickens I it's guess a got, it's a turtle coop is it a turtle that's right yeah because i was first i was like you have chickens out there huh and uh it's like, like a steinbeck novel or something but it's it just like <laughs> it, but yeah he's got a turtle the the turtle coop uh <laughs> you know he's got a little boy i guess that's you know, the kid's an only child relatable so you know you got it probably nothing else to do but catch turtles out there and um no nah, he just doesn't want he clearly doesn't want like the life the best the best house ever you know he doesn't want that i guess
2: yeah how did he um how was he in a position to just like retire at like 40 whatever 44 and just like the Han- have Han- that Lechter, cool house
0: that Lecter severance package
2: yeah i guess so yeah he got well i of, think that
0: know- the cool house was like some artist's
2: house
3: yeah, I know. It's what. Like so it was Patrick like an Bateman, actual cool yeah, house that it, it, they it, probably it, just picked because it looked cool architecturally.
2: Oh, I know. I just mean, how does Will Graham, the yeah. character, like spend the rest of like forty more years, you know, in this house? Where did he Where did he get the money? But I guess yeah, he probably got pay off I think he had some kind of turtle
3: scheme planned. He was going like, to yeah. capture. Uh, endangered turtles and like it was, on the <laughs> it was the turtle mill. Yeah,
0: yeah. He was like Joe Exotic, fucking with turtles or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, it's a, it's. I was thinking that same thing. I was like, that house is way too sick for him. Like, just for, I don't know. That was I, like, there's a lot of movies that are like that though. Like, uh, you know, uh, John Cusack, like just having like a record store in High Fidelity, and he's just got like a really huge like three bedroom apartment. And then in like the heart of the city and Clint Eastwood and play misty for me has like the beachside property in one of the richest places of the, in the United States, but he's a a nighttime jazz DJ on the radio. Uh, You know, (laughs) it's just like, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, that's his only job. He doesn't have a day job or anything. It's just, that's his, that's his, that's his gig is four hours of work a day where nobody listens probably. Although like, middle of
3: nowhere Florida in the 80s probably didn't cost that much.
0: No, it probably what and that was probably like all the libtards were like it's going to fall in the ocean like in 5 <laughs> years, you know? yeah.
2: Um yeah, the Kim Grace, I don't, I looked her up and you know she didn't do she didn't do anything. She she was also in in uh, Miami Vice, not the you know the show, not the movie. Um I'll just say she looks really good with the longer hair, but there were some point in her career where she did short hair and it was uh not the right move
3: they all they all tried it yeah you're a pro geist is what you're saying
2: yeah I, I, i'm she's a yeah she's a granite yes i guess
0: anything's better than reba man tell you that much that would have been sarah paulson by the way uh, reba the blind girl <laughs> yeah it <laughs> was like some lesbian like some like lesbian woman that's like having sex with a serial killer that'd be cool <laughs>
2: Um yeah let's talk about the blind lady. I think her name is Reba. Reba but Reba. their act actress is Joan Allen oh. I think.
3: Mm. Did she do anything?
2: Yeah, she's in tons. She looks a little different as she got older.
0: I think I do mm. recognize her from You'd started. recognize
2: her. She's mm. in um I think she's in the Born Identity movies.
0: Okay nice that was fun i mean i didn't like the way she slept around she was a, a roasty as some would call her you know? and, <laughs> what uh, was her body count her, yeah, blind her body, body count. I, I, she couldn't tell you she she couldn't count you know she was write it in braille you would feel over it mortified you never stop feeling those little bumps. <laughs> we not. hate
3: blind people on this podcast they don't like...
0: exist i haven't seen one in forever like i just i'm like where are they like i, I just don't... <laughs> yeah they
3: used to be everywhere
0: It's like they were around just to make the crosswalks beep or something. Like it was like a psyop for that. Like there were there was like oh, there's so many blind people, and now the crosswalk beeps when it's time for you to walk, and that that's all they they were used for. And movie tropes, you know, because like (laughs) you just don't, I just don't see them anymore.
2: She's she was also a a diversity hire. Why? Mm. They she says in the movie she's they. He, oh, uh, Dol- yeah, yeah, yeah. They
3: do say that. That's another base. Like, how
2: how did a blind woman end up working at a photo lab or whatever? And she's like, they needed a they needed handicapped people for the government contract.
0: Yeah. Based. <laughs> the guy accidentally already painted a handicapped spot outside when he did the parking lot. And now they just hired me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I do
3: really like the idea of the character uh, for this movie, because basically, like, if you haven't seen it. The idea is Dollarhide the serial killer um is all about uh visually seeing things and he puts glass in the uh, or mirrors in the eyes of the people he kills and um and like he watches their video, their home videos and uh so he's all like visual and he sees himself as like a monster who no one could ever love so that's why he does these like murder fantasies where like People have to love him once he kills them or something. And then he meets just out of nowhere happenstance meets a blind woman who's like, oh, I actually like you and and she can't see him. And so he like believes that she can actually like him because she can't see him because he has a cleft palate. So that supposedly makes him yeah. unlovable or whatever.
0: Which is funny because you're supposed to, as a blind person, all the other senses are supposed to pick up, right? So, like, it's like, what is, was he saying cool shit to you? No, he was not whatsoever, you know? <laughs> right, he like was he very was like, awkward. He was not charming in any sense, you know? Like, yeah, it's funny. It's funny how, like, she was like, oh, all it was was looks. It's like, no, the guy also is a an insane person.
3: Yep, yep. And And so, like but like i i do think of like the irl incel friends i have and i'm like they kind of remind me of dollar high totally and i'm like and i'm like like they think nobody could ever love them but i'm like you're you're like a weird looking dude or whatever but like you you could play that up you know go for that serial killer vibe you know
0: yeah i mean fine the problem is there's no blind women for them anymore right (laughs) Right. And it's really we've run out. And then, yeah, I can see like, you know, Tom, the Tom Noonan, Francis Dollar Hyde character, like underneath one of those giant like jeweler magnifying glasses, painting like the skirt of a Warhammer doll or a Warhammer figurine. <laughs> yeah. Just, you just really like, you know, again, little Dark Age playing in the background and just and just finally, you know, just wondering, like, is it ever going to happen for me? okay, I'll make it happen, you know? And then, yeah. That's,
3: that's the but like an, in, a, a six, seven in cell, like you're six, seven, just yeah. like, go for it. Like some women will like you, like not yeah. all of them
0: and shave your head completely. I mean, <laughs> yeah, don't I mean? go like, with that bald look yeah, at yeah. 35, Tom, no thirty five. No, yeah. 35 years old. Thank you for bringing that up. I'm 32. <laughs> I had to look at myself a few times after watching this. Movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm 34. Like, 34. Like you do that. You do that thing where you're like, someone's like, you find out somebody like is like kind of similar and you're just like, Hey, is that you like, I have to ask like your girlfriend, or your wife or something. You just got to be like, does that do, do, be honest? Like, do I like look the same age as that guy? You know, like you have to do that sometimes. And I'm like, man, I was really trying to think like that. 35. Like those old memes you see of people like everybody was so much hotter back in like the 70s <laughs> or the 80s. And you're just like, okay, well, I just Tom Noonan looks 58 yeah movie. Everyone
3: yeah. like 35 did look 58 and in, back in the day, yeah. I think a, like when
0: people were like 23, like they were like better looking in the 80s, but like, yeah, once they but like everyone got married
3: at 19, so. yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, they were you were built, you were built to like you were built to be like a you know, like a Honda Civic back then and just kind <laughs> of just be just have 200,000 miles on you and just kind of like keep trucking, you know.
3: Oh, yeah, but like, you know, like I know some incels, they're like overweight or something, and they're like, I can't get any dates because 'cause I'm fat. And I'm like, no, you go for the, the women who like who have the fat dad syndrome. Yeah,
0: and just take down a fat chick, dude. Sorry, it's not the end of the world. Like everyone's done it. Yeah, it's just you know, you just you just do it. Yeah, and those are always those guys. Yeah, they'll always be like, back in the day that was a sign of royalty. Now women don't respect it. You know, just just goddamn these guys he's definitely an incel stone cold incel
2: yeah spirit spiritually like at the deepest level um did we already talk about how she was just obviously you know what did she see in him well uh it was that she actually perceived the danger like that's what she liked she's she's she's
3: the podcast the the true
2: crime podcaster
3: that's what she is
0: that's a great call that's exactly what she is, right? Like, so
3: she was just sensing his own confidence from being a ce- serial killer. That's all you need is confidence, guys.
0: Yeah, he <laughs> if he put on forensic files, imagine what she would have done. You know what I mean? She would have <laughs> gone way freakier instead of like the weird swimming girl movie. You know, home movie like yeah. Like if you put our, I don't know if that was even a show back in the eighties, but like whatever they, whatever their uh dateline murder show that they had back in the 80s he just put that on man she would have lost it but yeah i mean he makes her a kitchen glass gin and tonic just a big big kitchen glass of of gin and tonic um and uh (laughs) it's off to the races after that and then he he lays on her there's that one because he's like he's like this might be the last time i ever have sex and then he which it it's not wrong. And, uh, he, and he, he like lays on her and he's just like, oh man, like it's, it's uh it's a very odd, very odd sex scene.
2: Well, even before that, he takes her to, to see that tiger. And I yes. don't think we know, I don't think we know how he had a tiger guy, but he does. They actually <laughs> don't explain it. I looked into That's it. That's something
0: that guarantee you that had about seven pages dedicated to it in the book. And you know all about how he had a tiger guy. That's just the, the yeah. beauty of writing a book. You know, well, we,
2: we see there that she's. She's just very drawn to being on that edge, you know. She wants mm-hmm. to. Yeah. The, the the tiger is powerful and dangerous, and she she's wants on the to be- highway to the danger zone.
0: Yeah, and he feels the teeth. He she feels she feels the teeth, and he's like, yes, hell yeah, because that's what I do, you know. Like that's that's. It, it, he really got it made. I see why he got so worked up after she took out the weird, you know, the the work guy, the the, the much shorter work guy, because that's gotta kill you as a six seven guy when it's a guy she's even like kind of taller than
3: man let's stay winning
0: yeah it's that meme it's the meme like the where the husband is talking to the wife and it's like was it was it the short guy from your work you know like just <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's killer man
2: yeah and the, she was she was with the other guy from work like the next day or something the like
0: next day no
3: he just gave her rides home they didn't actually have a relationship so what man but they he were like yeah. eskimo
2: kissing or whatever yeah no no were, he
3: he was just like, oh, you have something in your hair. And he imagined oh. it in his head as them making it. Oh, out. I see. That yeah, didn't see actually that. happen.
0: I see. Okay. Oh, and he just goes and them. Yeah, he
3: just made it up in his he head because he's, his he's own insane. Inc-
0: yeah, he manifested his own incel L, basically. <clears throat> right. He's like, all like, oh, girls yeah.
3: have a body count. They're all roasties, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, exactly. She hit I'm going to shoot wall, this guy. Man.
0: She already hit the wall.
3: Yeah, she had, no <laughs> eggs, man. This, yeah. this blind
2: chick has no eggs.
0: Stir it up. <laughs>
2: So true. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, what did you guys think of the music? You, Fraser, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but yeah, I said eighty percent. The
3: synth stuff, the soundtrack stuff, great. Couple of the songs, I'm like, yeah. eh, they kind of date it. But then the Anna gotta excellent
0: that's great I it's like it's kind of quirky a little bit like it's quirky enough like where you're like what and then you're like oh no this works big time i love the shootout scene just in general uh-huh. the shoot, man, michael man i mean i'm not sure there's a better person at make uh, having a shootout not that that's any hot take or anything but it's just like when he shoots you know francis dollar high when, when will graham shoots francis dollar high and his body just kind of contorts a little bit it's like man it's so weird like it's totally like michael Myers. Like shooting Michael Myers for a second, like you are just like, oh, he's not going to die, is he? But then, you know, Will Graham just unloads it.
3: Yeah, I I listened on the interview with the cinematographer. They were talking about how like there's like kind of this st- staccato stylistic vibe where like there's like quick cuts where like it almost seems like the camera's jittering. Mm-hmm. But what he said was that they had run out of uh, budget, so they had to do the special effects there on their own. So they That's just went tight. and got. He had a cigar. And he would burn holes into the the clothes of whoever was getting shot, and then like throw catch up on it and and they'd have him just pause and then they'd start the camera back up and film it again, so it was well, just like very it. janky yeah.
2: I was wondering why it looked like that yeah the, i I love that that final scene the shootout stuff, but it it the the mechanics and like the choreography don't seem to make much sense because. Doesn't he just leave Will on the ground and, and he shoots the lights out? But like,
3: yeah, he shoots yeah. the lights out. And then because I think he thinks more cops are coming. Why
2: doesn't he just shoot Will? So isn't Will right there? could he just shoot him?
3: Yeah, he could have shot him.
2: Yeah. And not the, not not complaining even. I just it, the mechanics didn't seem to quite. And then the cops like get way. It feels like the cops get wasted a little too easily. But <laughs> they get
0: absolutely thrown by the wayside. Just not even it's just a non-factor. It's like a like like. Like when a like a little kid, like when you're like a camp counselor and a little kid like runs up and you just like stiff arm him and you just get him out of the way. This guy just opens the door and just blasts the cop like off the steps. Yeah. Like it's nothing.
2: But the the use of the music in that scene, to me, like I don't, I don't get why more um more directors and stuff don't do this. Because it it feels like if you just take a really cool song, um yeah. it's like a cheat code to elevate your scene by a lot and I don't know. It's like a, a film hack. I don't get why more people don't do it.
0: Yeah, totally. Like, like natural born killers using the Patty Smith one with the bad, bad word in it, you know, like just, just, it's, 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 it's a cheat code. You know, it's like you say, and you know, like then, you know, there's other tropes where you have, it's like, they, they don't do it in, in Manhunter, but you know, the where it's like the weird serial killer sociopath, and he's got classical music playing, you know, just the, like there's always like those type of things, but they work every time.
2: You yeah. Know? I think just all around, I think the music is really pretty cool. I I've listened, I've like just listened to the the soundtrack a bunch. Yeah, um, some
3: of those, the like the those synth tracks are like awesome. I want to listen to them just on. Yeah. Or yes, I was saying they would make great like Pepe spinning son and rad edits.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally. Totally. And
2: and in the context of the movie, I even think the kind of cheesier like. Like '80s, there's like these attempts at '80s pop hits, like the heartbeat song, and then that Mm -hmm. one, like stronger something. I don't know what it's called. Mm -hmm. Like I think those ones work quite, quite well. See, I was
3: I was more meh on those, but they're fine.
0: Yeah the 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 thing that's so weird about it is all the like beach and like meadow like lake kind of set the scenes because they're so bright compared to like the rest of the movie you know what I mean like they just really like it's very like Miami Vice you know it pops back up you're like oh this is the Miami Vice guy you know that, that does this but it it pops in the, in the head and like the music's playing and everything it's like it it just becomes like a different movie at that point I, I do like those scenes and I that to me almost looks like the live and die in LA kind of part that's where I like mm-hmm. those two movies blend together to me like where I, I do understand if there was a lawsuit like it's kind of like you know you're not gonna win but I understand the nature of one
2: Um, I can just start. To, I can run off some questions, they're not going to necessarily be related to the last thing we talked about, but sure. Uh, um, guessing you guys noticed the uh, the numerous ocean shots. Michael Mann does tons of man looking at the ocean yeah. shots.
0: Oh, yeah, loves the water, it represents um, yearning. Mm-hmm. Totally. Did you guys
2: pick up on like the color coding? Yeah, well, what's like the code, Fraser? I, don't, I mean, I know that there's so, and
3: he used it a bit in Thief as well, but uh, there's the greens and the reds, um, and then the blues. <laughs> so blue is used mainly like with Graham and his wife, and, and kind of more of a romantic vibe. And then the the red... I think is used more with on the cop side. And then the, the, well, obviously there's white as well with like Hannibal Lecter. And then they tried to portray dollar hide with more of the greens and like oranges. And they're supposed to represent like sickness.
0: Mm -hmm. I really like that poster that he breaks through, by the way, Uh, dollar high with the shotgun. Yes. I really like. I don't know what that is. Is That just like a giant mural poster or something that he pops through. That was
2: kind of the I'm trying to remember. He has a lot of big picture of the moon, surface of the moon.
0: Yeah. I just wonder like what the construction of that is like, what is that just like, cause he breaks through it at the end. That's yeah. what the, the odd part about, I was like, so what was that the whole time?
3: Was it like Mars or something?
0: Yeah. Or just, was it like, was it like paper mache? Like, I'm just, I'm just like, is that what your like wall is in your house or that little, like, is it one of those like little covering kind of like uh changing things that people used to put up for like to change behind it. I'm like, I don't know what that
3: Well, was. And so one of the things Michael Mann said, is his house was like super chaotic and nothing mm-hmm. in it made sense nothing and that was like intentional
0: Bro, i mean again that's how a real either a sociopath is either going to be like clean like 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 sterilized to the core or like that like kind of like hoarder like transgender house you know like just yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah
2: his house was uh the from architecturally it seemed kind of cool he's got like these concrete walls and stuff Let's see. Oh, speaking of the color thing, what probably one of my favorite parts of the whole thing is when he's like, they're running the, uh, they're doing like that proto CSI stuff where they're like mm-hmm. using the, the red lights and the lasers and stuff to examine everything. I th- that all looks really cool.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. And I could tell how like that they, they weren't doing that in movies back then a lot, you know, like, like, uh, or at least movies I've seen from, from that era. So I could see that being like actually really cool and kind of like shocking at first, like, whoa, like they're showing this is like crazy, like carcinogenic light, probably, you know, that's like, (laughs) like just like all these people are getting like, you know, crazy, like, yeah, Yeah. insane exposure to all this stuff that's happening, but you know, catch with the, with the teeth molds and stuff getting real clinical. It's, It's cool. Really nice touch.
2: Um, Fraser, what are and you're like a language guy. What are fricatives and sibilants? Uh <laughs> uh sibilants uh, sibilants
3: are like s's and uh z's and oh, then okay. uh fricatives would be like z's, s's, everything that would be done on the the soft palate. Oh wow. Yeah. Of a yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. And she cool. said like
2: Dollarhead was like bad with those? Yeah, he or... like
3: avoided s's and and those types
0: of sounds. Uh, cause he has a cleft palate. Uh, then ultimately that's why women won't have sex with them. Exactly.
2: When like Will Graham is looking at the videos of the families and stuff, the families had a certain, and he, I think he calls it like a bloom. He's like, these women have a bloom. Like, uh, did I hear that right? Like, yeah, that just means like a certain quality, I think is what he meant. Like these, these women are, a, there's a certain type, but like the families had a certain type and, uh, so the the family's one of the dads reminded me of Gavin Newsom and I'm like, "Oh.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, sure." Dollar
2: yeah. Hide going after Gavin Newsom.
3: Yeah, he he's going after like young rich couples, so like
0: he would be like a TikTok influencers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fitness couples.
3: Like Come or on, the what, ones what that is, have what? like the um the like farms, but they're like super wealthy.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely those type the rural trad fake, people, fake yeah.
2: homesteaders. Yeah, yeah, those,
0: cottage core. He'd probably go into cottage core. Or the um or like he would just watch like Netflix, Love Is Blind, and just take out the all the pods, just like all the dating, <laughs> like the just going in there, just blowing through weird posters on the wall and just shooting everybody. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Nick Lachey, see you later. You know, just yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. just a second this is the this is the part of the show where it <laughs> where we
0: go
3: through your notes i have a note cereal aisle conversation with son yeah i just
0: like all the old cereal that's a great scene that's probably like one of the because i i, I do think there's something to explaining you don't really if you if you're not up on the story of the book or you know any of the lore or anything like that you don't really know like what exactly happened Right with 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 uh, with Will Graham and and Hannibal Lecter and what what made him go crazy, but explaining it to to a child, explaining it to you know to a child, but to the audience like a child, I feel like it's way more chilling. Yeah, it
3: was an interesting way of doing exposition and being like, "This is what happened when I caught uh, uh, what's his face Lecter."
0: Yeah." Yeah, and just with all the weird like packaged like Kellogg's three pack cereals in the background and Jeff and all that stuff, it's pretty cool.
2: Can you guys tell at any given time in this movie where geographically we're supposed to be?
0: I was thinking Florida.
2: Well, there's the Florida well, stuff. Well, they're in D.C. for some of
0: it. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: but they do like Baltimore, they do Birmingham, they do Atlanta. Philly looked
0: like with the arches where they were, you know, where they did the sting on the guy and was the black guy was like, What's up, man? He took my wallet. Or you know, I remember like, well, You just jumped me, you know, like that. That looked like, like a Philly kind of thing.
2: It just like. But it well, they like, hop on
3: a jet and go to the different locations, but yeah. Yeah, it, like,
2: Do- Dollarhide gets around. I think
3: they're supposed to be in D.C. for most of it, but then he, um, they actually filmed it in Atlanta, though. So. Mm. Yeah,
2: it just seems... I, I was just confused of quite a few parts where they were like... Uh, I, I just couldn't mm. often tell where they Apparently
3: were. Apparently, the the scene in the, the commercial airplane was... Uh, they actually filmed on an actual flight.
2: yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, he, cameras he has on his and... files open they couldn't get an airline to agree to like let them film and I, it seems weird it seems like nowadays like every there's just be a bunch of fake planes you can use yeah like...
0: yeah no i i definitely yeah yeah I guess, I guess so yeah i'm just trying to look i'm looking at i think i definitely saw the the uh, the, those that weird sting where they tried to set him up like that was that, that just seemed like some kind of East Coast city insert East Coast city here.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they just I was just confused because they mentioned all these cities. I'm like, how is how is was like Dollar Hyde getting? How is he this mobile mm-hmm. and stuff? The but... name's Dollar Hyde. He got dollars. Yeah, I <clears throat> I have a note about how uh
3: Graham is kind of like a creepo creepy guy. For sure. Where he drinks water at the crime scene. Like when uh-huh. there's still like blood everywhere. He's yeah. he like goes to the bathroom faucet and just like gets a drink. Mm. Oh, totally. <laughs> and he's like and that, t- rubbing yeah. the fabric of the dead wife with like blood on it.
0: Yeah. Kind of like Stephen King, almost like a Stephen King, like dead zone kind of detective, like real, like really absorbing the scene. Yeah. You know? And just just trying to find a clue somewhere
2: by touching it. Wait, Fraser. I think I stepped on your point. Your thing a minute ago about the plane, though. Like, no, that's uh, all. Well, I don't know if it was. I don't know if we like fully explained it, but they, yeah, they just filmed that on a plane without permission. They, I mean, they rented, they bought a lot of the seats, but not. Yeah, they bought like
3: a row of seats and placed like the actors in there, and then they brought the cameras on as carry-ons, and then basically like begged the staff to let them do it, and they gave them, uh, they gave them merch. Yeah, manhunter jackets <laughs> uh, yeah. to to bribe him to let him do it.
2: Um, you guys, do you guys know who else was approached to direct this? Mm, yes. No. It's crazy. It's David Lynch.
0: I was going to guess that as a joke.
2: Yeah, and he his reason for saying no was even weirder. He said it was too violent and degenerate. Mm-hmm.
0: I want to see cops eating pie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you guys know why it's called manhunter mm. yes and not red dragon like the book
0: because michael Mann.
2: uh mm. no the producer had produced another film de Laurentis. yeah had dragon yeah. in the title and it flopped so he's like that's bad luck giada, did you know his giada, granddaughter giada, is giada, giada de Laurentis?
0: Uh, I, I did know that i, I didn't know did. that yeah mm-hmm. that's is
2: that the cooking lady yeah that's oh, the yeah. cooking lady with yeah. like the
0: square head yeah, the, the Lego Lego head, yeah. Yeah.
2: Basically, yeah, that's the feature you guys are focusing on. Um every <laughs> yes. Every uh basically every famous person like in 20 after like 2010 or something is just related to someone more famous. It's, yeah. it's, nepotous, man. it's like the only famous people now are like children of famous people
0: I think it's really cool when like they, they clearly just don't like they're so not film adept so they just go into like cooking and like they actually like go like, they're like dad can you just pay a million dollars or grandpa I think can you pay me a million dollars to go to culinary school you know and then I can actually yeah. like do my own
2: thing um, oh the first time Noonan and Peterson interact on the whole movie is when Peterson jumps through the window.
0: Yeah, true.
2: Noonan didn't mm. want to interact with anyone that would, like he he wanted to be in character. So the cops were pursuing him, so he did not want to see them.
0: Right, that makes
3: sense. That's a that's a good good move there. Yeah, he was like method, like going Joker
2: mode on him. Instead, he sent spent a lot of time sitting in the dark in his uh, trailer,
0: mm. yeah. <laughs> just
2: to. Amp up the being a psycho, I guess.
0: Yeah. What if he was like, "Can I have these family videos? Can I just take them to my trailer?" You know. <laughs> like
2: uh, it said sometimes man would silently join him and just sit there with him.
0: That, that, yeah. Hey, you know, you, the director's got to be the serial killer too.
1: Yeah.
3: I also saw a clip of him saying that they, uh, they, um, that Michael Mann would like fire people on the spot if they messed up.
0: Really? Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's that sounds cool. I think he was like,
3: they were doing a tracking shot in his apartment or whatever his his house, and the guy kept messing up. And he was like, "You're out of the picture." And then he was like, "Can anybody else do this?" And the other guy tried to do it and messed up, and he fired him too. Nice,
0: <laughs> nice. H-
2: Hannibal Lecter wrote about surgical addiction. Yeah. that's that. That just sounds like something we got going on these days. Surgical, yeah.
0: No, <laughs> yeah, I mean, prop the the prophet Hannibal Lecter.
2: Yeah. Well,
3: definitely, the follow-up movie is a little more uh, about certain things of today, and has been later criticized for being yeah, anti-LGBT.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when Noonan uh, gets shot at the end, and they have to, you know, put all this fake blood under his body, it took so long to film, he got stuck to the floor. Wow! Is that what
0: do they use? Is it like? This is like, like- cor- corn syrup. It's oh, sweet and Chick Fil A, yeah. sweet
2: and sour, whatever. Go. That's good the, stuff. R-
0: R- Rick and Morty, uh, something McDonald's sauce or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got the McDonald's sauce. Like oh. <laughs> the Cardi Cardi
2: B sauce from uh, <laughs> yeah, a, the J Balvin a, meal. <laughs>
0: yeah, totally. <laughs> exactly what they. That's what they would use now, guys. Yeah. Uh,
2: oh, I thought, thought it was really funny when uh, Crawford is like. He's like, there's no connection between the families. We've done a dozen computer runs.
1: <laughs>
2: and, uh, Fraser, you're, you're a bit of a computer guy. Like the models nowadays that would try and like that the FBI is using are what doing like 12 million sort of like data checks or whatever.
3: Yeah. If you do a computer run, you gotta be, you gotta at least do a dozen to be sure that the computer runs are good.
2: And like what data sets would they even have to like, like, Oh, you know, neither probably of these all they're families... doing
3: is to see if there's any like relationship between the, the places yeah. or like connected highways or something like that.
2: Equifax reports. Yeah, or he's, both got, them.
0: he's got like, he's, he's he's like, we've had to, st- we've had to kickstart the computer 12 times for this.
3: But I think uh, more so it would just be checking, like, was there any relation between the two addresses or people living there? But yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
2: Um, okay. That's the end of my notes. I'll edit this together. So it sounds like a really uh, <laughs> smooth conversation. <laughs>
0: More no, leave it, it I mean, as is the pregnant pauses are working dude that's
3: say that I'm it's telling. it's staccato and then it's it's an artistic
0: choice yeah yeah
2: the last third of this podcast was done in 90 fps or whatever
0: Uh huh. yeah there you go that's all you gotta do just insert some film nerd thing and you would be like hey well if you're not well versed enough to listen then i don't know it sounds like a you problem
2: yeah i'm gonna read i'll read this i thought this was uh uh well i'll just read it and you tell me what you think Man says, it bores me to present the events of the story in a realist, realist style. My approach instead is to conceptualize the elements of the plot, taking into consideration the various torments of the human spirit. My aim is to exterior, exteriorize the spiritual in the expressionist manner. And this always leads me to reject realism.
3: Wow. No, yeah, I mean that's part of the reason for the music choices, right? Is is it kind of takes you out of whatever scene you're in and makes you kind of refocus on stuff. So I I get it. Like you're you're having to like really think about like what the characters are and stuff because yeah. there's nothing really like making you feel like you're in the 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 place.
2: If man said that to me, I'd just say uh, word salad.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would just be like, right on, dude. When's the movie come out?
2: <laughs> well then he but the funny thing too is he, he says this always leads me to reject realism but uh his later stuff is like very realist Yeah, like, collateral we're... is just
0: a very real movie it's just like a hitman movie that's just a hitman movie yeah
3: yeah there's 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 a sense of realism that he sticks to in like the authenticity of the like all the the science stuff that he puts in it like the CSI yeah, like stuff thief. is like, yeah, especially stuff.
0: like 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 thief is very like uh-huh like man did you know it was like a real thief you know like (laughs) like there's you can tell like it's just like i bet he learned that that big drill thing i bet he learned that from
3: but the style of thief is not very straightforward and even like heat like is is a little more real but there there are some like surreal elements to it yeah but yeah i guess but like yeah ollie and i don't know uh Later yeah. movies are are more straightforward, maybe not not Miami Vice though the movie very surreal.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, anything else, guys? I don't want to. I don't want to well, keep. Uh... I
3: I can read the credits,
2: like the whole credits.
3: Yeah, no, no, no. Like for the, for <laughs> our show for the podcast, the podcast credits.
2: Oh sure, let's read them. Well, that's yeah.
3: our show for today. We hope you enjoyed the discussion on the latest movie releases here on Granite Mountain Movie Club. Uh, before we go let's give a special shout out to our interns who have been tirelessly working behind the scenes to make this show happen uh, we thanks. got thanks. Popcorn yeah, Pete uh, Cinephile Cindy <laughs> is this from
2: chat GPT
3: Screenplay Steve <laughs> Film <laughs> Fanatic Frank and Movie oh, yeah. Maven Maria uh, thanks guys we couldn't have done it without you and of course we have to thank our sponsors for supporting us and making the show possible This week's episode of Granite Mountain Movie Club was brought to you by the makers of Granite Be Gone, the only guaranteed (laughs) product to remove those pesky boulders from your yard.
0: Yeah, It's like Ubik, that's cool.
3: And finally, let's give a big thank to our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate you for joining us each week as we dive into the world of cinema. Until next time, keep watching those movies and we'll catch you on the next episode of Granite Mountain Movie Club.
2: That, That was from the chat GPT, wasn't it? No, that's our credits. Remember? We agreed on it. Yeah. Um well, <laughs> we wanted
3: really long credits at the end of our podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah. Glenn work and um I think you said you've got like tons of uh recordings going on. Where can people find you and what uh, uh what else you got coming up?
0: Everywhere. Um Twitter's at Rare Candy Pod one. Um we do have a YouTube channel, we don't put much on it, but um that, yeah, that's it's out there. And um rarecandy.substack.com that's uh where we put the writing and then um also you can find some premium episodes where we do a a little series called gain of fiction on there which is quite fun um covering all sorts of uh works of fiction on there uh and and sometimes their movie adaptations and um yeah we're on instagram we're everywhere i mean it's yeah no no it's it's out there just just follow us on some yeah I'll, social put, I'll put all the
2: links out there yeah. you, you do good stuff i think a lot of the people who listen to my show would like what you're doing um it's, it's, it's good stuff
0: absolutely absolutely yeah no thanks for having having me on guys and thanks for hiring me as the intimacy coordinator for this podcast i appreciate <laughs> it um, I, so i was the diversity hire and uh, thank you
2: all right all right thanks guys